Hi, I'm Poppy Coburn and this is Deprogrammed. I'm joined here today by my co-host, Harrison Pitt, and we've got our first guest this week. This is uh, Eric Kaufman. He's a professor of politics at the College of Birkbeck from the University of London. And he's got a new report out at the moment with Policy Exchange. And I thought we could kind of kick off our discussion today with the question, are all young people really left-wing and horrible and scary and woke? <laughs> so if you could answer that question for us. Yeah, I mean, the first thing to note is young people in Britain really are quite left-wing compared mm. to the average voter, and they're also quite woke, uh, which I would define essentially as being um, highly sensitive to any question around race, gender, and sexuality, right. and taking the kind of what I would call a cultural socialist position on those issues. Mm. Um, so for example, if we just take left-right self-identification, it's about three to one left to right, uh, whereas it's closer to parity amongst uh, older voters. Right. Uh, if you look at voting, uh, it's sort of under 20% voting for right-wing parties. Mm. And the other thing I would say is there seems to be a bigger gender, uh, bigger generation gap in uh, British politics mm. than what we find in the U.S. or in Canada, for example. Where Canada, there's no generation gap. The U.S., it's like 20 points. Britain, it's pushing 40 points. Oh, wow. So it's a really big generation gap mm. to explain I think there are a whole bunch of reasons for that. Now, the other thing is the one of the the, the attitudes that underlies that is different views on Brexit and immigration, mm -hmm. but in addition, different views on culture war topics. So this is questions around speech boundaries. Mm. What is free speech more important, or is quote unquote emotional safety for marginalized right. groups more important? And here we really see a, a big difference again generationally. So right. amongst um, you'll see in the report, one of the findings is that. 18 to 25s split pretty evenly on whether J.K. Rowling should be dropped by her publisher, uh, on whether Kathleen Stock should have been defended by the VC. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Kathleen Stock, of course, the gender critical feminist right. who was more or less hounded out of the University of Sussex for her mm -hmm. beliefs about gender. Um, in both of those cases, that young generation's evenly split, whereas anyone over 50, it's like 85 to 5. Right in favor of the free speech position. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, those are just a few indications of just how far left mm -hmm. uh, this generation is, just how woke it is. But again, just to say, on the Kathleen Stock question or on the JK Rowling question, it is a 50-50 split, so it's not the whole right. young generation, but they are simply a lot more to the left than anyone else. I seem to remember as well when I was reading the report that contrary to the idea that well young people have always been a little bit this way inclined and as they get older as they get a mortgage mm. as they start paying taxes you know they, they wise up and they become solid patriotic conservative mm. citizens um, you, you seem to be doubtful about whether or not that's going to happen in the next 20 years or so whether this is a passing fad or whether it's actually um, reflects a more a, a deeper form of conditioning mm. that's gone on yeah I, I and I I'm sort of of that latter view that that this generation the last two well the Millennials as well have been socialized differently from yeah. previous generations mm -hmm. and they have a weaker attachment to certainly traditional British narratives and a stronger attachment to what I would call cultural socialism some people mm. would see as identity politics or right. intersectionality right mm. so um, yeah you, you can look even if we take voting back to 1964 you can compare over 65s and under 25s mm -hmm. um, there was a small difference really going right through from the 60s to about 2005, you know, young people were slightly more to the left by five points maybe. 
And then we get to 2010, it's like a 15 point gap. Mm -hmm. And then you get to 2017, it's like a 30 point gap. Um, now, Brexit happens in this period, but you can also see a divergence on immigration attitudes, whereas the young used to be always slightly less anti-immigration mm -hmm. than the old. Um, that starts to widen at around the same time that, that differences on, on politics start to widen. So yeah, I think this is really a cultural shift. Right. It's nothing to do, in my view, with cost of living, getting a house, right, none right. of these material things. I really don't think that matters, in my view. One of the things I found really interesting when I was reading your report, I mean, like I spent a lot of time thinking, why is it that uh, Generation Z and the millennials as well to a certain extent are you know, holding these kind of more extreme views? And one of the conclusions that I've kind of come to is, why would we be surprised that this has happened? Because this has not happened necessarily in a vacuum. There are very legitimate reasons why the younger generation would feel utterly isolated from the country in which they're growing up in. Not only isolated, but mm. actively hostile towards it. And, you know, not to always be bashing on, you know, the older people, but I'm sorry, it is in part true that this is the world that has been created for us. You know, the schools that <laughs> I certainly grew up in, was taught in, are pushing a certain narrative. And you have to kind of expect that people will eventually swallow it you know um, and I suppose that's another aspect of the report you've looked into is the way that teaching in schools and critical race theory wokeism all of these buzzwords but they actually do have a real foundation and that like this is something that's being pushed from central government through the national curriculum um, very much so absolutely and, and you're right that it's not really the fault of young people because they are molded by the environment of course um, and you're you're right that I think that conservatives have not paid really much attention to culture. I mean, there have been little pushes back against the history curriculum, you mm. know, but no real follow through. Yeah. And so very quickly that subverted, you know, it happened, I think it happened under John Major, he made a complaint about mm. what was taught. And it was all sound bites and nothing no, followed through. Um, in the report, yeah, we can see, for example, uh, we asked 18 to 20 year olds, people who were either just in school or who had left mm. a year or two ago to, to think back what they were taught. Um, and we found that 73%, three and four, had heard one critical race or gender theory concept. Right. Um, and so that might be white privilege, patriarchy, systemic mm. racism, unconscious bias, uh, you know, many genders, this kind right. of thing. So, so that is something that is, is really in a lot of schools. Um, you know, probably in most schools, three quarters of these young people had experienced that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it had a really, you could certainly see that support for political correctness was higher amongst those who had heard more of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think we've had this process of socialization by these institutions, including right. the school system. Now, of course, you've, the bigger influence is social media and youth culture and of course. popular culture. So that is feeding in right. at the same time. And there's also very little resistance. My sense, for example, in the US is there's a stronger kind of conservative counterculture, mm. even though yeah. the dominant media culture in a way is still the same. Well, there's some kind of funnel culture. operation, you know, there, there's yeah. there's no real way out of that in Britain. I mean, youth culture is is pretty scleric now. It's it's pretty dead. Mm. Um, this is in part because of policies that were enacted. COVID lockdowns have really sped this up. Mm. I mean, like London, for example, if you're a young person in London, it's just terrible. Yeah. Like right. bar, bars yeah. shut early, everything costs a fortune, you can barely afford to rent there, yes. you know, and 
the idea that you would then naturally want to rebel against the system that you feel you don't have any stake in, where actually do you go? I mean, this is something that I went through with my own political development. I just went really far left because I was like, well, there's like, I'm not happy with Britain as it is today. I feel like this whole system is rotten and needs to be, you know, changed from the root. But like, where do I go? Like, what else do I do? And you then feel funneled into like the only, like, well, of course, sadly, it's almost that's the tragedy of it, state-sanctioned rebellion. <laughs> because, you know, you're going along these Extinction Rebellion marches and you turn up and you're like, geez, everyone here has the, got grey hair. The, and the Archbishop of Canterbury just says something, yeah, just right, says something exactly. nice about the protests. Exactly. Going, There's no real kind of uh, youth movement for people who are right-wing in this country at all that isn't actually quite... Um, embarrassing almost if you are <laughs> i'm sorry like going around wearing a lot of tweed it has it does have some proponents harrison's smiling because he knows he's one of them um, but like never, most never, most never. young people are going to be turned <laughs> off from that because you know they want something that is also self-consciously vital self-consciously young exciting you know and there just isn't really anything there it just feels like this massive vacuum yes. for that yeah yeah i mean I, there's so much in that and and you know one is that the perception that mm. things are going wrong for your generation. Right. I mean, I think, I think that's partly a constructed narrative. Of course. So, yeah. for example, <clears throat> if you were in Italy and there was massive youth unemployment and you mm. had to go to some other country to get a job, I mean, objectively speaking, things were a lot worse for young people in many mm -hmm. other European countries. So, part of the question has to be why this narrative has come to be framed around. Well, we can't afford to own a house, which is mm. true, but. But on the other hand, there isn't mass youth unemployment here. Well, there, exactly. Right? So you could look at the glass half full or you could look at a glass mm. half mm. empty. And I think that's partly media framing and it's partly the way the culture has framed these things. So again, mm. I still think this is predominantly cultural. Now, <clears throat> you're right that conservatives in this country have done a terrible job in terms of uh, grassroots movements mm. and organizing. I think that's definitely true. Yes. I mean, even compared, and I don't think it's great, say, in the US case, but you've got you know, all these federalist societies at the universities, which are an important place for students who are conservative mm. to be. Now, I guess you've got the conservative societies here, but somehow it seems less vital. It seems well, that they are. The I, I, think, I think one of the other problems as well that exists in, in, in this country, as opposed to in the United States, for example, yeah. where they are a lot more sort of, you know, up for a fight, they're much more pugnacious, yeah. they're much more belligerent on, on cultural matters, they're not just sort of fixating on the economy as, as, right. as our Conservative Party has done for, for decades now, and, and of course that economy is now pretty mm. cratered in any case. Um, the, the different uh, systems that exist for electing leaders, in, in the Republican Party, the primary system is such that people need to electrify the base. Mm first mm. that's the first thing they need to do that we uh, don't there's have an openness it. there as well but they need to electrify the base they need to sort of pitch to the base first they need they need to sort of generate that kind mm. of vitality that kind of enthusiasm that you're talking about whereas in our system you know the the, the establishment the establishment um, part of the conservative party effectively whittles down the leaders yeah. to two and then puts them to the base right. at which point they've already been emptied of a lot, a lot but of it's not vitality. even just politics i think yeah. probably the entire structure of britain and the way that it does differ somewhat from europe is that these kind of patronage networks and the idea of kind of keeping your head down and sure. you know behaving yourself is, is very 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 strong here um i think the deference that we hold towards institutions is uh something that's ultimately holding a lot of people mm. back um, in the way that perhaps it's not so much mm. in France. I mean, I, I look at the rise of like Zamor. Zamor mm. uh, did actually have quite a lot of organic youth support. Of course, and in Italy um, as well, like, the youth play a huge amount. Right, huge exactly. Part in Southern Southern that doesn't really happen here. And I wonder if it's in part that we are just kind of allergic to any sort of 
actually uh, kind of, again, vital movement that has young people in it. I mean, the only thing I could find is probably football fans. And we all mm. know how young football fans are treated. They're probably the most surveilled no, group no, in the no. country, <laughs> right? <Yes. laughs> you know, yes. um, I'm not one of but, them, yeah. but I've seen the, you know, the way how many police officers they have yes. around there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, you, you obviously had Brexit, but that wasn't really, you know, so much of a youth movement. Right, right? exactly. And so it was more of older people. I mean, I think it's you're right what you're saying about the Conservative Party. Mm. Uh, it is a sort of very narrow institutionally, and, and, and there's a big emphasis on essentially, you know, essentially being or acting upper class, you know, having status. Mm -hmm. um, a very narrow set of beliefs centered around the economic, uh, mm. you know, Thatcherite yeah. sort of mm -hmm. concerns. Sure, sure. A real trepidation about touching anything cultural, including, mm. by the way, even people who might be thought of as being on the right of the Tory party. Yeah. A lot of them are really, when you get in conversation, pretty scared about touching these issues. Yeah, the, the, dinner um, party Tories. They still want to yeah, be invited yeah, to right, dinner parties. Yeah, right. yeah, so you don't have, if you, could, if you look at somebody like a DeSantis, or, you know, that that sort of willingness to be called names by yeah. the right. press, yeah. to essentially run against the media, and in a way that has to happen because we're in a situation where the institutions are kind of controlled now by the cultural left. Yeah. And so, if you take if you take rules from them, you are essentially accepting their values. Of course. Right. And so you actually have to run against the press, against mm. these institutions. I, I remember being so yeah. demoralized. I mean, I was already I, <clears throat> I was I wasn't very optimistic as it was, but when when Rishi Sunak was up against Liz Truss, remember that about three or four yeah. months ago. Uh, <laughs> lots, changed, years lots changed since then. But I remember him saying in an interview, I think it was with Charles Moore for The Spectator, where Charles Moore was, was trying to push on some of this stuff. Say, look, what, what are you going to do about these cultural um, issues? And, he's, and he said, well, look, look, let's, let's be sensible here. I'm not going to cross the road in order to start a culture war. And I just remember yeah. being infuriated. Thinking, do you not think that there's already one underway that's been underway for right. 20 years or so? It's not a question of opting for one. It's a question yeah. of acknowledging that we're in one and try and 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 actually being willing to, to use the commanding heights of state yeah. power in order to achieve goals that conservatives want. And that, that I think as well, mm. this is something that you make that you make clear in the report. Most people in Britain would be, w w and well, even in even in the United States, most Democrats. Um, when actually polled on what DeSantis is, is doing with, with, with things like the um, the Parental Rights and Education Bill, support it overwhelmingly. There, 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 right. there is a majority in Britain for this sort of, you know, confident conservatism in the culture war, but the Conservative Party won't touch it because it because it because it's mm. it's cautious of being accused of stoking a culture war which is already underway. Well, yeah, I mean, the, you're right because this, the survey data shows about a two to one. Uh, opposition to you know the mm. woke position on a lot of I polled on around 25 questions right mm. so it's everything from separating uh, children in a school mm. oppressors oppressed based on race that's yeah. like 97% opposed <laughs> massive opposition you know teaching kids that Britain is more racist than other countries like 85% opposition yeah. so you've got mm. big big opposition yeah. uh, in the public and yet the Conservative Party is shy of tapping what is an obvious wedge issue, you know, yes. two to one support. Yes. It splits the left, unites yeah. the right. It's a very yeah. obvious thing to go after. Mm. The thing is that the left knows that these positions are unpopular. Um, so what they want to say right. is, hey, you're stoking a culture war. They yes. don't want the conversation to, to happen. Of course. Uh, the worst thing for them is for that to break the surface, right? And 
actually the Tories are being useful idiots. Why do they fall for it? Well, well, they, well yeah. they, they fall for it because, you know, ultimately the best thing that the Conservative Party do is to, you know, sit there and cross their arms and go, that's not fair, you're not playing by the rules. Yeah. Well, right. the, there's no man yeah. at the top who's watching the games between the left and the right <laughs> that's going to intervene and go, that's very true, actually. You need to let him yeah. have his go in the school curriculum. Yeah. You know, you yeah. have to be willing to actually exert power. Exactly. And there's no actual will to exert power. And this is why, I mean, yes, a lot of young people are culturally left-wing in many ways, but goodness, why on earth would you support the Conservative Party as mm. it currently stands, yeah, as a young person who's upset with the status quo? They mm. are the firmest defenders of the status quo we possibly yes. have. Um, you know, and you kind of briefly touched upon this in terms of the, the shift over the periods of time which more young people have become progressively more and more extreme on these culture war issues. I mean, the seeds of this were laid under the Blairite revolution, uh, which is basically when the control of all of these institutions was entirely suited to the left. And the Conservative Party has not once ever pushed back no, against no, no, any no. of this. No, it's 13 years. You know, and it, we're, we're Blair babies. I think we're both Blair babies. Yeah. I was born in 2000. Um, yeah. So by the time <laughs> I was going into school, like this stuff was all starting to kick off. And I yeah. just think, you know, when I have children, mm. what on earth are they going to be taught in schools? You know, as this, because I, I don't see any backlash coming from up on high. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 tricky because uh, I think one issue, like the Tories have been in 13 years. Right. So there is a degree to which young people will orient against whatever course, the dominant, yeah, yeah. you know. And so in the Canadian case, which has the education is as, as bad or worse as here, um, because there's been a left, left of centre government in there for eight years, mm. the young people are a little bit more split. And I think if Labour were in for, say, 10 years, God forbid, <laughs> um, I do think probably you'd get a certain shift. Now, I don't know how much of a shift. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the other thing, by the way, is that I think what we might see if Labour is in is the, young, the youth opinion will start to bifurcate more on gender lines. And so that's oh. a pattern that we're seeing, um, especially yeah. on these woke issues. Could where, you tell us you know, a little bit more about that, actually? Well, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, um, whether it be letting J.K. Rowling, yeah. you know, speak or, or, or Kathleen Stock, so speech issues mm. or even attitudes to the past, should Winston Churchill's statue be moved from Parliament Square on mm. these questions, getting towards, you know, I would say young men are sort of, you know, 50 to 100 percent less woke right. in, in, on some questions like on political correctness support for that you know, there's just an enormous difference amongst young people oh, between uh, men and women and so it's really increasingly going to be young women now in Britain because the Tories have been in power, power for 13 years more young men are now essentially on the left and willing to mm. vote Labour I, my suspicion is mm. if Labour is in for a while then some of that young male vote will, will drift yeah. towards the right again but I don't think the young female vote. Well but that's the concern yeah. right I mean yeah. you've got to think about um, the example I would use the early Christian converts so women yeah. converted to early Christianity at rates far above the men and well guess what when women say they want to do something <laughs> men who fancy them will go I actually agree <laughs> so yes. I mean that's pretty concerning you can't really yeah. come to a point where you just separate yourself entirely and go well, well we've got the young men on side because then yes. you've got a situation but where you've got a gender war. But given how useless the Conservative Party is and we've just all been agreeing that it's useless Mm. Even if there is a sort of, um, you know, backlash against Labour mm. yeah. as a party, it doesn't necessarily mean that that those people are going to be embracing a sort of robust form of conservatism of the kind that we right. might like to see flourish. If it's, if if if, it's, if if this is just a sort of party political seesaw, but the parties basically, as we're saying, they're basically a, uni, a uniparty on oh, lots of these right. things. Like Labour enthusiastically pro woke, and the mm. Conservative Party isn't in, isn't sufficiently. Uh, 
unenthusiastic about workers right. to actually do anything about it. Yeah. I saw some people like calling it Lab Lib Con Coalition, <laughs> which is, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. No, They're going to have to come up with a better one than that. <laughs> the but uni- it's, the uni- I understand the, uni- the sentiment. The Uniparty. Uni- 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 yeah. yeah, I mean, I do think that, I mean, there are obviously certain individuals in the Tory right. party, like Kemi Badnock or, yeah. or you know, yeah. uh, people who have a different view. Um, mm-hmm. are represented to a greater or lesser extent. Sure. Um, the question will be whether one of those people breaks through or whether a third party will break through. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, it will be interesting if DeSantis gets in in the U.S. I think if he's successful, then hopefully some of that lesson will flow over here. I don't know sure. if it will, but I just think... Well, it's like the, t- you yeah. know, the early 2015, 2016, that feeling of like you know uh, insurgency that kind of came up across sure. the West, sure. which, which is off the back of a lot sure. of like Trump and Brexit yeah. as but, well. But, but, but if, if we're talking about the ways in which people's opinions track status a little bit because there's, mm. there's, a, there's a guy at Cambridge at the moment, Rob Henderson, who's doing lots of good, lots of good work on this, the extent to which, well, mm. to what extent are people's opinions on political matters really motivated by reasoning rather than oh, w- not, wanting not to appear? Well, of course, yes, yeah, but, but, but um, th- this, is a, this is a sort of a, um, a, a live question. But what, what I was going to say is that if you have, if Trump is the sort of standard bearer of <laughs> being a culture warrior, and, and I think he was effective in many ways, if he's, if he's that standard bearer in 2016, People don't really want the Conservative Party is going to be very hesitant about imitating that and saying, "Well, look at what Trump's doing." Whereas if it's if it's someone a little bit more steady, yeah, and a little bit more disciplined, I don't, and a, and I don't a know little if that's bit the more case. I, I like wish DeSantis. I could believe that. I don't think that. No, I, I think it doesn't matter if the guy is literally sitting there, yeah. dressed like an accountant, sitting yes. there very mild mannered and saying, yeah. "I really think we should shut the borders." They disagree with this ideologically. I don't mm. think it's necessarily the status, and I also think it's important that we don't get behind the idea. It is the case at the moment now, but we can't cede ground saying that being conservative is low status because actually being left wing is very low status, and I think people will find mm. it increasingly embarrassing when they start to realise that this is what everyone around you believes. Like mm. the, the people who are held up as like the standard bearers, like Sue Gray. Sue Gray is some like yeah. you know old spook who's just <laughs> yes. been hanging around. Obviously, we don't agree it's low status, but, 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 course, but in youth but, culture like, generally, it's, it's considered low us. status. I mean, well, I, 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 I see the way I get looked at by people yeah. when they ask, oh, yeah. I'm at university at the moment, they say, oh, um, <laughs> what, what do you do? Oh, well, I work for a magazine called The European Conservative. And you see they're sort of, you know, mm. they, 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 they bristle at that. I mean, I, I don't think it's low status. You don't think it's low status. But the dominant youth culture codes a lot of this stuff mm. as low status. But do you think it's status? I mean, I, I actually think this is more about the moralization of politics rather mm. I mean and to some degree Ed West in his book which I know is on here uh. somewhere um, makes this point really that the culture the youth culture has really moved in that left-wing direction in, mm. since the 90s really mm. um, and and I think so for example here's just a, a figure it's not from Britain but if you ask white left-wing Americans uh, people who disagree with me politically are immoral do you agree or not Mm. nearly half will will, will, so I think Mm. their perception is Mm. oh you're right of center you must be a racist a misogynist Mm. whatever it is Mm. they've kind Mm. of been brainwashed into this sort of very black and white view of what somebody on the right is and I just think that kind of more that is the new morality yes so I'm not so convinced by the status argument Status tends to follow whatever is the kind of moral belief. Yes, so yes. It comes yeah. as a secondary thing. So yes. I don't think we should sort of put that as the, as the, the primary card. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Could I ask you briefly as well about the impact of lockdowns and all of this? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I think a lot of the... I read someone in The Telegraph a few weeks ago talking about this, which was basically saying, like, well, surely young people should be the most opposed to lockdowns, but they yeah, seem to be in favour despite it having hurt them pretty much the most. Mm. And I was kind of wondering if you have any particular insight into this. I do. Well, actually, it's a good question. I mean, I've seen some... Actually, Unheard has a pretty good... Uh, 
data set they've recently collected mm -hmm. on yeah. this. And actually, there's not as much. Young people are not as pro-lockdown as you may think. I mean, yeah, the, okay. if, if we ask, you know, was lockdown a mistake? Mm. Um, I, I'm trying to remember, but I don't think there's much difference by age. Mm. You know, whereas on a question like, is immigration too high, there's a massive difference. Mm -hmm. So on certain, and even on, I don't know if this is, I mean, I was looking at the data, even on green issues, there, you know, too much talk about green issues. There's not a huge difference between old and young people mm. on these more economic, I would call well, them Well, that, that seems yeah. to suit your thesis, which is yeah. just that this is cultural. a moral, right. cultural dimension, which, yeah. you know, in a way, almost does make it a little bit easier to deal with, um, <laughs> but also makes yeah. it a hell of a lot more difficult yes. because it's not so much a, a case of the right's very good at getting political power, they're not very good at doing anything <laughs> with it. They're yeah, certainly yeah. not good at fighting a culture yes. war. It's not going to be solved with tax cuts. No, right. because the problem is a lot of yeah. Tories still believe, oh yeah, well when they get a job and they yeah, get married yeah. somehow yeah. they're going to drift. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Not they somehow have this belief that because it's worked in the past, so they're probably going to, unfortunately, it's going to probably take a couple of electoral spankings before <laughs> they wake up. Because mm. I really think that in, in a couple of decades, I just can't see how Labour doesn't become the new natural party of yeah. government. Maybe in coalition with the Lib Dems and Greens mm -hmm. or whatever. But I just don't see how it could go the other way if you just look at the structure of public opinion. Right. Sure. And it's rooted in these cultural values. Yeah. It's yeah. not economic situation. Of um, if it were economic situation, you'd expect younger people who actually are wealthier have homes uh, somehow mm. to switch to the Tories, and there's just no evidence. That's just that. not happening. That's just yeah. not happening. Well, thank you. That was really, really interesting. Thank, thank you. you. And yeah. I feel just as depressed. Before we give us some, give us some good news, because there are, there, there are, at the end of the report, you do go through some. You, you do give the Conservative Party a, a hand in a way. You sort of say, here are some sort of promising policies which could be advanced. Well, yeah. I mean, I really think there has to be more attention paid to education, for example. Okay. And so uh, curriculum transparency, um, political impartiality in the civil service in schooling has mm -hmm. to be enforced. You have to issue guidance that's very clear that... Mm. You know, talking about uh, structural racism mm. is political. Mm. Talking about uh, the difference between uh, uh, biological sex and, and gender being a choice is political. Yes. Mm. So, so if it's political, it's not neutral. It shouldn't be taught. That kind of thing really sort of pushing impartiality hard in the institutions mm. and being willing to to fire people if they are breaching that. I mean, this is just the first step, sure. really. Uh, right. But there has to be a much more serious attention paid to the ethos and cultural tone right. in institutions. If it seems to me it almost has to be two-pronged. It has to be the ability to get behind the scenes and uh, get rid of these Congos and the infiltration of the left through the institutions, which is pushing a lot of the stuff. And you also need to have a kind of more popular front, which is kind of coming out against this stuff. So mm. it needs to be both grassroots and mm. elite. You can't really have one without the other. Mm. Um, yeah. And at the moment, we don't really seem to have either. Especially given that most of it, as you say, is driven by social media trends rather than in schools. I mean, there's a, there's a point in your report where you most people have heard of what you call critical social justice terminology right. through TikTok, through Facebook, through Twitter, rather than through their educational mm. Right, yeah. I life. mean, schools is important, but it, whereas in the US, we found it was really important schools, but it's not yet at that stage, yeah. although I think it could get there here. Right. Yes. Um, I also think, however, the issue is that the left essentially controls these institutions through intimidation or through numbers. Um, and so, in fact, all that 
the Labour Party has to do is nothing, and mm. their minions mm. are going to take take yes. right. you know yes. clean house in those institutions. So the problem the right has and the Tories have is they've actually got to be the ones that are pushing the culture war, <laughs> because they're the only uh, it's the elected government is the only instrument that the majority really has, mm. or certainly conservatives have in this culture war. They're never going to do any. They're never going to be able to resist in the institutions. Right. They needed to come from. The elected politicians. And it's a demographic ticking time bomb. If they don't do something about it now, they mm. will never have the opportunity that's to do yes, something that's about right. it. Yeah. Right. Yes. Lovely. <laughs> 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 Gives people a sense of urgency, but also a sense of something to do, which yeah, is good. Yeah, I, I like this yes. sometimes. You know, yes. sometimes yeah, I like yes. to kind of lay out the facts of the time and yes, then go yes. like, oh wow, like you know, it's going to take something <laughs> really big to fix all of this yeah, stuff. Indeed, yes. But then also so easy, like you know, you can kind of plan out a future where things could be better. Mm. It's just how on earth do you actually get there? That's the problem. Well, thank you very much thank for you. contributing uh, your time today, Eric. I really appreciate the talk, even if it was slightly bleak for both <laughs> <Thanks> of us. <laughs> we promised that, you yeah. know, if we were ever yeah. polled, we would somewhat bring the right-wing perspective in, even if it is right. like point, point, nothing yeah. percentage yeah. point. <laughs> you two might be the last ones. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Uh, you've been watching Deprogrammed. Join us again next week. Thank you very much. Hello. If you're enjoying the New Culture Forum channel and you believe in our mission, May I invite you to join our membership scheme at the link below or on our website, newcultureforum.org.uk. Our work is more important now than ever, and we have great plans ahead for the future, but we can't do it without your support. From as little as £3 per month, you can help ensure that we continue on our mission. As a member, you'll receive a range of benefits, including access to exclusive content, invitations to our private events, including here at our studios, free copies of our books, and much, much more, including, of course, our famous NCF mug. If you aren't able to become a member, then please help us by clicking this button and subscribing to our channel. It's completely free. Just remember to also click the bell icon so that you can get notifications when we post new videos. Thank you.